Welcome to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance with Monique Malcolm, a podcast about brilliant people leveraging their passions to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the course of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast, or come hang out with me on Instagram at starchasersonly. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey guys, it's Monique. Welcome to another mini-sode. Today we're going to be talking about podcasting. Now that I am doing podcasting, I've had several inquiries from friends and family members and other creatives that want to know about podcasting, what I think about it, how I'm doing it, all of the stuff. And so I want to share that because right now the show is a month old. I launched on May 10th and today being June 13th means we're just over 30 days into this. And I want to share some of the stuff I've learned so far. I want to share some of my processes and just give you guys an, an overall view of how it, how podcasting works, how it's working for me. And maybe you will be inspired to launch that podcast, or maybe you'll decide it's too much work. I don't know. The first thing that I would like to say is uh, podcasting is definitely a lot of work. I feel like I should have known that going into this, but I tend to really fixate on things that I want to get done. And once I've decided something is worth the effort, then I just kind of jump into it, regardless of if it's a lot of work or if it's not. But it definitely is a lot of work. And I find myself saying quite a bit, like, why didn't anybody tell me this was so much work? And that's because I really didn't ask. <laughs> so it is a lot of work, but it's good work. I really enjoy it. And I've even found some ways to kind of streamline the process and make it less cumbersome. The one thing that I will say is kind of hard to work with is if you're doing a lot of things yourself, which at this point I'm doing all of it myself, you'll find that there's just so many micro steps or mini steps for every little thing that needs to be done, especially a lot of the tech stuff. And it's just really tedious. So it's not that any of this work is really hard. It's just kind of mind-numbing certain parts of it. But it is what it is. It's part of the process. So I, I want to go through a couple of things. So the first thing I would suggest, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, is thinking about your show purpose. What is going to be the purpose of your show? Um, knowing why you want to podcast and what need your show will fill. I think this is essential and it's one of the first steps that you need to complete because this is what's going to give you momentum to move forward and get the show off the ground. And I can attest to this because as I, I've said before, it took me two years to launch a podcast. This is literally my fourth podcast idea. I had one that I was going to do alone. I actually recorded maybe about three or four episodes with guests. And then I made two attempts at doing podcasts with other people and none of them have panned out. One of those reasons I feel is because the show purpose and what I was trying to achieve with those shows was kind of murky and a bit too broad. And I didn't feel like I had landed on the thing that was going to make my show unique and make the show stand out. So at this point, I'm very clear on what my show's goal is. And my goal is twofold. One, to show people what is possible. And I do that with the guests that I interview. And then the other part is to teach you how to do it yourself. And that's what the mini-sodes are about. So the mini-sodes are all about me 
giving you advice, me giving strategies, me sharing what's working with me so that you can learn how to do some of these things that we're talking about yourself because I'm a real scrappy person. I'm a big DIYer and I believe that you just have to get started. And so my hope is that I'm going to inspire you with all of these great interviews and then teach you how to do some of these things yourself so that you can get your ideas off of the ground and out into the world, which is my ultimate goal is to inspire you to take action on some goal, some plan, some idea that you have. So knowing the goal for my show helped me narrow down the type of guests that I want. And that's a really big thing for me. I'm really intentional about who I interview. And that's really a large part of my strategy. And I'm going to share it with you. So for me, there's so many podcast shows already out there. And there's a lot of business podcasts. There's a lot of career podcasts. But I know that I'm a little quirky and I'm a little offbeat. And I tend to like people who have stories or brands that are also quirky or offbeat. In addition to, you know, meeting people who are just amazing, they do great work and being inspired by that. For my particular show, I really seek out guests who I don't feel like are getting that much shine. They're not interviewed a lot, but they're still fantastic. They're still kind of quirky. They're still kind of under the radar. So I want to find those people in addition to people who are just killing it in business. But I feel like there's enough podcasts for coaches and entrepreneurs and just some of the mainstream business ideas that we tend to see all the time. So I really search out guests who are doing things that are a little different or or unique. And that's a large part of my strategy for choosing guests. Does it always work out? No, but the show is still new and I have room to improve. So I am constantly screenshotting things or screenshotting people's brands or pictures on Instagram who I think, ooh, they could potentially make a good show guest. And I save them in a spreadsheet so that I can figure out later on, like, do I want to reach out to this person and kind of research what they have going on? But to get to that place of feeling like you can find guests anywhere, you need to have the purpose of your show kind of dialed in. And if you don't want guests on your show and you just want your show to be you, that's totally fine too. But you still need to know your show's purpose because that's going to help you decide on what topics to cover, what kind of questions to answer, and ultimately create your show's value proposition, which I think is essential because that is going to be the driving factor behind your show and really help you figure out how to find the people who need to listen to your show and, and really make it a great fit for your specific audience. My takeaway here is to spend some time figuring out your show's purpose. That's going to help you really nail it when it comes to planning and figuring out all the different moving parts for your podcast, knowing and being very clear and sure about what the goal for your show is, who you're wanting the show to be made for, and who you're ultimately trying to attract. Let's talk about some of the podcasting basics because podcasting can be really expensive if you let it be, or it can be bootstrapped and cheap. And I am going the route of bootstrapping it because I didn't have this planned out well in advance. I'm not even going to lie. I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while. And at this point, I knew if I did not just go ahead and launch it, it was going to kind of continue being pushed in the back burner. And I really wanted this to be a thing that I did this year. So I set a date, started recording interviews and just launched it. And I did not have a full plan together. I just want to get it out there. I was taking the idea that done is better than perfect. 
So because I've done that, I didn't have time to research a ton of things like finding an editor and all of these different pieces. But now that I have a handle on things and I I know my workflow, I can better decide what direction I want to take the podcast in and ultimately look for help. But for now, let's talk about podcasting basics. You're going to need some type of a microphone. I currently use a Blue Yeti mic. They are a little bit over, I think, $100 on Amazon. I didn't actually buy this specifically for podcasting. My husband already owned it because he was a podcaster uh, a little bit over a year ago. So I just borrowed his mic. (laughs) And because he's not currently podcasting, there's no fights over it. I also have a pair of headphones that, again, I took from him. They're like a pair of Bose on-ear noise-canceling headphones. They're not super fancy. They're not the most up-to-date, but they work. And it saved me from having to purchase that type of equipment. But if you were starting a podcast, I definitely would suggest a good quality mic. And I will list some options in the show notes, as well as headphones. And the headphones are good because they plug into the mic. One, they let you hear your audio in real time. And two, they just help with sound quality. So if you're in a room, you don't want the audio coming out of the computer because that's going to pick up on the mic as well as what you're saying. And that's going to cause feedback and echo. And that's not good for sound quality. So definitely have a mic and a headphones. You're also going to need some type of recording device. Now, it depends on how fancy you're getting with your podcasting. So if you're just recording yourself, you could very well use the voice note apps on your iPhone or your Android phone and upload that audio into your computer and edit it from there. I personally use Zencaster to record my podcast and my guest. Sometimes that doesn't work out for me, so I use Skype and Ecamm Recorder, which records the audio and video, and then I compress it later and edit it. In addition to having a recording software, I also use an editing program. So a lot of people recommend Audacity, which is a free open source program. And I looked into it and I was all set up and ready to use Audacity, but I ended up using Adobe Audition. And the reason being is because I already paid for the Adobe Creative Cloud Suite because I, I use Photoshop and Illustrator and InDesign and Adobe Audition came free with that. So that's really the only reason I'm using it. I'm already paying for it. So I figured why not learn to use it? The other thing that you're going to need is some type of podcast hosting. Now, if you were to Google podcast hosting, trust me when I tell you there are endless options and they all have their pros and cons. If you want something cheap, you're bootstrapping this, you don't want to pay any money. I know plenty of people who use SoundCloud and I actually plan to use SoundCloud myself. But when my husband was podcasting, he used Libsyn. And several of my friends who are really into podcasting use Libsyn as well. I was really attracted to the fact that one Libsyn will post out to the iTunes store, the Google Play store, Stitcher, some of these other places that you can host podcasts on. But the big thing for me was that you could pre-schedule episodes ahead of time. And if you are going to batch record, then that's a huge feature to have because you could literally get all your episodes batch recorded, edited, and then loaded up to Libsyn and pre-scheduled to go out on time. And I do tend to do that. I don't do it very far in advance, but sometimes I may edit two episodes at a time and I'll just go ahead and upload them and set the date and time that they should go live. And then I'm good on my end. So that was really helpful and it's going to continue to be helpful 
as I get better with my podcasting workflow. For extras, if you are feeling fancy, you want to do something a little bit more than just the very basics, extra things that I do, I have, uh, I already mentioned I use Photoshop. I create all my show images in Photoshop and I have templates for them. So it's really just kind of dragging the new photo, change the text, make sure the layout is clean, and then I save it. I also use Acuity Scheduling for booking my guests. And I use this program called Wave, W-A-V-V-E, for creating the little audio promos. So if you ever see my Instagram or my Insta stories or even my tweets or Facebook posts, you'll notice a lot of times there's like a 60 second, 30 second, 15 second clip that is created with Wave. And I like that because it allows me to create a small teaser to get people interested in clicking over to the show. And ultimately, that's what I want them to do. I want them to go to the show, subscribe, download, and all those things. And so I use that as a part of my marketing and promotion. So those are very, very basic things that you would need to start a podcast. So I want to talk about how I book my guests, because this is one of the biggest issues that I found early on. And so far, I've been able to combat it and get people to say yes most of the time. I'm really happy with it. At this point, I have about four or five months worth of interviews already recorded because I only need two interviews per month. And I'm really proud of that because when I first started sending out pitches, it was really hard for me to get a yes and a commitment on my calendar. I had people say yes, but then they hadn't booked a time or there was just a lot of back and forth. And I was really frustrated And my goal was to make sure I had the first month of interviews completely done because I wanted to be working a month ahead. And after I launched, I hit a period where people weren't saying yes and they weren't committing to doing the interviews on my calendar. And I kind of got frustrated and I thought to myself, if I don't get this together, if I don't send out more interview requests, I'm going to be stuck in a month not having interviews. And what I really didn't want to happen was that I was chasing the month. Like I didn't want to feel pressed every time I needed an interview to go up and needing to kind of record one right away because things happen. Sometimes people cancel and I have had people cancel and reschedule, but it's not a big deal because I'm not relying on that interview for this week's episode. They just go into the queue of interviews that I have and I sort through who's going to be next from there. Here's how I set that up so that it's really efficient I can respect people's time. We're not going back and forth with a thousand emails. And it's really effortless on the part of the guests, which I think is the key reason why people at this point are so willing to say yes. So as I mentioned, I use Acuity Scheduling. In there, I have a calendar set up. I record two days a week, so Tuesdays and Thursdays. And my schedule is pretty much open that entire day to accommodate people in different time zones. So those are the only two days a week that I record. The only reason I would change that is if I had a guest that could not fit those time constraints and then I would be flexible. For the most part, that works with my guests. I've only had one guest that needed a later time, but they still fit into that Tuesday and Thursday time frame. We just needed to record later in the day and I was happy to accommodate that because I wanted them on the show. So for me, that helps me keep podcasting manageable so it doesn't take over my life because it It is a bit exhausting interviewing people, especially if I have multiple interviews in a day. So I set my schedule up so that I don't feel overwhelmed all of the time trying to squeeze in work and interviewing people. So it's only twice a week that I interview people. 
I send one email and in that email, I give the person the info about my show. I tell them why I think they would be a good guest for the show. And I give a link to my calendar. So basically at the end of that email, I say, you know, if this is interesting to you, you'd like to be on the show, here's a link to my calendar. Go ahead and schedule yourself a date and time and we'll go from there. It cuts down on all the back and forth emails. It's efficient. It's respectful of that person's time. I get the calendar notification. I also get a reminder notification a day before their interview is supposed to happen. And we're good to go. For the most part, people send a quick email back and they say, thank you. You know, I I booked on your calendar. Looking forward to talking to you. And I just leave it at that because I'm not going to lie. I am the worst at email. I read emails all the time and I don't respond to them. And it's not for any particular reason, aside from the fact that I read a lot of emails on my phone and I just don't always feel like typing up replies on my phone because it's inconvenient. This just helps me keep my inbox from being really cluttered because guests can self book. Once they book themselves, they receive some information about prepping for the show. I also, at that point, send them a link for them to fill out a short form with their business information, like social media links and their bio and a a picture. So that way, once it's time for me to edit their show, I have all the information that I need from them and I'm good to go. I don't have to keep sending back and forth messages asking for a ton of different things. So I'm really happy with this process because it's pretty seamless. I want to offer a bonus tip. If you're podcasting and you want to interview people, my suggestion is to look into your circle first. So think about people that you've connected with at conferences, craft shows, they can be friends. Just think about people that you're connected with in some way. For right now, with the show being so new, I have a dream list of guests that I want on the show. Some of them are really big names, some of them are smaller names, but I'm not connected with all of them right now. So at this point, I'm really focusing my attentions on people that I've been connected to in some way. And that's really helped me get yeses because these people are familiar with me. They're familiar with my work. Maybe they're personal friends. Maybe I've interviewed them in some capacity before. Maybe they're friends of a friend, but it's a lot easier for me to ask those people and for them to agree to give me their time to do this because they already know me. So that's my suggestion. Once the show starts growing and you have better stats and things of that nature, then by all means, shoot for the stars and pitch for those big guests. But for now, I'm really happy with the guests that I've been able to book so far. And a lot of them are big names in their niches. So that's great in itself. And I'll also tell you another thing. Don't sleep on the power of a really niche small guest because they have their own followings and Their followings are super loyal. And if they are really enthusiastic about being on the show and they share, their people will come back and watch the show and they'll comment and they'll reach out. And that has happened and it's been great. It's helped me get downloads for a show that is basically brand new and I'm kind of winging it. So those are my suggestions for how you can effectively book guests for your new podcast. All right, so let's talk about recording and editing. So I've already mentioned that for my show, I record my show using Zencaster or Skype with the Ecamm recorder. I edit all of my episodes using Adobe Audition and I found a really, really great like 45 minute tutorial on Adobe Audition basics. And that was enough to get me going. It went through like basic editing and talked about some of the basic tools. It gave suggestions on how to make sound quality better. 
I'm going to link to that tutorial in the show notes, but it was great. And I have used that to edit all of the shows so far. And I'm not angry with the show quality. It's pretty okay for somebody who's kind of doing this on their own and doesn't know that much about audio. Will it improve over time? Of course. But right now I'm going for done is better than perfect. So if you are interested in checking out that tutorial, definitely click the show notes. A little note about doing the editing yourself. So maybe you don't want to edit yourself and that's perfectly fine. There are plenty of places and people that you can hire that will do show editing for you. I have personally chosen to edit myself because as I mentioned, I was on a tight timeline and it just helps keep the cost down. Editing is not cheap. Right now, this podcast, it costs me about $37 a month for the things that I have to pay for between scheduling, uh, Wave to create those audiograms, Libsyn for podcast hosting. And if we wanted to include my Adobe subscription in there, I would say it costs me $67 a month. But I feel like it's worth it because I want to do the show and I see the potential of this show. And so I pay that amount. But again, there are cheaper alternatives. There are ways to do this for less. And one of those ways to save money is to edit the show yourself. If you're adamant that you cannot edit the show yourself and you need somebody else to do it, you can check out places like Fiverr or there's a site called We Edit Podcasts. There's a ton of different places, but just know that goes against your bottom line because you're going to have to pay for the cost of editing and it's not cheap. And if you think, you know, you're doing a show that's 30 minutes to an hour, that's going to cost you a couple hundred dollars. So be prepared for that. Now, here's the part that I find to be the most tedious, but it's one of the things that I'm most proud about when it comes to how I've set up my podcast. So I have built in an entire workflow for how my podcast is recorded, how I create images, how I upload things, how I save things. It's all very step-by-step. I use Asana as a project manager for this podcast, and I have a template for each episode. Once I have a new guest that has scheduled themselves on my calendar, I create a task in Asana with their name, and in that task has all of the steps that need to happen when it comes to getting their episode ready. So from recording, to editing, to creating images, to creating promotional things, all the way to emailing them, to scheduling things in my social media to go out. All of that's listed in the template, and I just follow that step by step. There's a ton of mini steps that go into podcasting, like so many micro steps, even when it comes to like uploading. So, you know, here's kind of an, a really basic overview of my workflow, and I'm not gonna go through all of the steps, because honestly, I don't have a sauna open in front of me to read them off to you, but it kind of goes like this. I send an email to a guest. They book on the day that we record. I meet them on Skype or I meet them on Zencaster. We record. I say goodbye. I save their episode to a Google Drive. I go into Adobe Audition. I open up my template for podcasting. I pull their audio into it. I go through the process of editing, get a final edit of the show. I download that edit. I upload that to Google Drive. Then I go to Libsyn. I go through all the process of getting a show ready. So that's getting the show uploaded. That's adding images, show notes, all of those things, scheduling it, 
to go live on a particular date and time. And my shows usually go live on Wednesdays at 4 a.m. because that helps me make sure that people have the show in time for their commute. Then after I get all of that situated, I create images and Photoshop. I save all of those to Google Drive. I create my audiograms. I save those to Google Drive. Then I get a link for the folder with all the images for a particular show. I have a canned email that I send out to my guests that basically thanks them for being on the show. I link to, oh wait, I skipped a step. (laughs) After I, I get all the images and things into Google Drive, I create an episode on WordPress. I get the show link. I add the notes. I do all of that fun stuff. Then I get the canned email for my guest. I plug in, you know, the guest name. I plug in the link to their episode. I plug in the link to a folder and Dropbox that has images that they can use if they want to promote the show. And I send that out to them. Then I get all of the promos set up in Buffer or in Instagram or wherever it's going. And I call it a day. There's a lot of smaller steps in between that, but that's kind of my basic workflow. And that's how I incorporate letting people know when the episodes go live and what, and that's how I have my marketing set up. So at this point, it works for me. It's really, really tedious though. And I'm not going to lie. When it comes to writing show notes, I don't always love it, but I try to keep it as basic as possible so it doesn't become overwhelming. I highly suggest that you spend time figuring out a workflow. It's a really great way for you to figure out what can be batch scheduled or how you can eventually outsource this to a VA or an assistant once you feel ready. For a lot of my workflow, I've created templates and that just helps me keep things really focused. It helps keep things consistent. And honestly, it just saves me time for trying to reinvent the wheel and create new things because I just don't have time for that. And if I had to create brand new image styles every time a show went live, none of them would be created because it just takes a lot of work. So that's my workflow. And as I said, there's a lot of steps. Finally, I'm going to share with you some stats. As I said, at this point, the podcast is about 33 days old, I guess. My goal for the first month was to get 1,000 downloads. I ended up with 1,200. Being able to exceed that goal in 30 days is really exciting for me. And I plan to push that even farther as I get better with promoting and different things of that nature. I have found that episodes with guests have higher downloads, and that's because my guests have shared their episodes generously with their own audiences. I don't require my guests to share the episodes, but I do put that little media kit together and I do make a blurt, you know, make a mention of it in the email that I send them when their episode is live that I would appreciate if they shared it. It helps me. It helps them. And ultimately, the whole idea here is to get people listening to the show, get people inspired And it's easier for me to do that when I have other people who are working to help me out. In addition to guest sharing, I've also had like audience members sharing. And that makes me super happy. In the last couple of weeks, I've noticed people reposting my Insta stories or tagging me in Insta stories where they have mentioned the show on their own Insta stories. And I'm I'm not even gonna lie. Like sometimes I want to cry because I am just so grateful that people would take space in their own social media accounts to help me promote something that I've created. So thank you. If you've done that, 
I have noticed. And if I haven't reached out personally, um, just know that it is noticed. And I do really appreciate that a lot. I'm still working out the kinks with my marketing plan for the podcast. I'm not even going to lie about that. I hate scheduling social media, which is one of the reasons why I'm not as consistent with it as I have been in the past. So that's something that you have to think about. Like if you're going to spend all this time doing the podcast, how are you going to promote it? Because you don't want your efforts to go to waste because you've done so much work to get the show out there in the beginning. So that is definitely something that I could improve upon. You know, overall, I'm pretty pleased with how things are going so far. I am not disappointed in the least bit because this is something that I'm still figuring out. And ultimately, I have a much grander vision and a uh, really, really huge goal for this podcast that I'm hoping to pull off as it grows. For now, you know, I'm just kind of rolling with it and making it work. Hopefully, you have found this helpful and maybe you want to do a podcast yourself. I don't know. But definitely check out the show notes because I will list resources there that can help you get set up and get started. And if you have any questions, definitely comment because I am happy to come back and do another episode that talks more about how things are going. And, you know, maybe we'll circle back to this in a couple months and I'll tell you like in three months time how things have gone or how things have improved, what I'm doing now, what I'm doing differently. But for now, there's plenty of information and resources that I've just shared that will help you get started. And I really hope you do. So if you have an idea for a podcast, hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what you're thinking. Um, I'm happy to support you in that way. Give your show a listen. If you have not already rated the show on iTunes, please go do that because that helps me get better positioning in the podcast directory of the iTunes stores that helps grow the show that helps get more downloads and subscribers. And those types of stats are what will eventually allow me to book some of these bigger, badder guests that I have on my dream guest list. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Learn more about this show and get access to show notes by visiting keepchasingthestars.com. While you're there, make sure you subscribe for updates. I'll be back next week. And in the meantime, go out there and pimp your brilliance.